You're listening to Yap, Young and Profiting Podcast, a place where you can listen, learn, and profit. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Hala Taha, and on Young and Profiting Podcast, we investigate a new topic each week and interview some of the brightest minds in the world. My goal is to turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your everyday life, no matter your age, profession, or industry. There's no fluff on this podcast, and that's on purpose. I'm here to uncover value from my guests, people who are much smarter than me on their given topic by doing the proper research and asking the right questions. If you're new to the show, we've chatted with the likes of ex-FBI agents, negotiation coaches, world-famous cartoonists, self-made billionaires, CEOs, and best-selling authors. Our subject matter ranges from enhancing productivity, how to improve your time management, the art of persuasion, and more. If you're smart and like to continually improve yourself, hit the subscribe button because you'll love it here at Young and Profiting Podcast. Today on the show, we're joined by John Asaraf, one of the leading mindset and behavior experts in the world. John is passionate about brain research and brain retraining. His latest book, Inner Size, is a comprehensive guide to science-based mental and emotional techniques that can strengthen your mindset and unlock the hidden power of your brain. John is not only a mindset expert, he's built $5 million companies, written two New York Times bestselling books, is an international speaker, and was featured in eight movies, including the blockbuster hit, The Secret. In this episode, we'll get an understanding of the science behind the law of attraction, we'll uncover the difference between our conscious and subconscious brains, and we'll learn about inner sizes or brain exercises that can help bring our conscious and subconscious brains into alignment. Hey, John, welcome to Young and Profiting Podcast. Hey, Hala, it's great to be with you. We're very excited to have you on the show. You are quite an impressive guest. You've had five multi-million dollar companies under your belt, including real estate, software, brain research, and life and business coaching. And you're also a best-selling author and speaker who has appeared on movies and TV shows like The Secret and Larry King Live. And I think a lot of people know your name. They know who you are. But I don't believe that a lot of people know about your backstory, your early years, unless they've read some of your books or or listened to some other podcasts that you've been on. I wanted to start off this podcast talking about your childhood, understanding where you come from, because it really helps us understand why you're so passionate about the work that you do and why you're so good at helping others. You spent the first six years of your life in Israel, and then you moved to Montreal, Canada. So first, could you just talk about what life was like as a child in Canada who moved from a foreign country who could barely speak English or French? (laughs) Sure. Well, you know, um, what was really interesting is my father went to um, Montreal from Israel because he and my mother were tired of raising their children you know, in war-torn Israel, and uh, they just wanted a better life for my brother and my sister and I. And that was all fine and dandy until I got to Montreal as a six-year-old kid. I was actually five and a half, and I spoke Hebrew, which was my mother tongue, but I didn't know the language, and I was, you know, put obviously into, into grade one. Mm-hmm. And there was about 50, 60 kids in each classroom from, from every walk of life, And myself and a few other kids just didn't understand the language. And the teachers really couldn't teach us the alphabet and teach us, you know, what we needed to learn. And my father was already working as a cab driver. So even when I came home, I had nobody to teach me 
mm. English or French. And so I fell behind very, very quickly. And by the time I was in grade two, obviously I was starting to learn the language a little bit. By the time I was in grade you know, four and five, I was a year and a half, two years behind all the other kids. And so I was extremely mischievous, got into a lot of trouble, bugged the other kids, uh, was bored, and I had a, an enormous amount of energy, which I still do today. Mm-hmm. And so I just got into a lot of trouble. I just fell behind and I didn't feel like I fit in. And uh, I started to feel for the first part of my life like I wasn't really smart and I didn't fit in and kids made fun of me and I got into fights. And so it didn't start off really well when I was a kid. Yeah. And so from my understanding, when you were 19, you met a really wise businessman. His name was Alan Brown. And he took you under his wing and and essentially changed the direction of your life. It's a really powerful story. Would you share that with us? I would. be. I mean, before I was 19, from the age of basically 13 to about 18 or so, just almost 19, I was involved in a small little street gang that um, uh, brought in drugs from Florida. We did breaking and entries. We were doing a lot of illegal things with counterfeit money, just just a Mm. small little gang doing illegal things, trying to survive. And it was all the misfits of the neighborhood. And I was getting into a lot of trouble, detention centers, um, you know, run-ins with the law, run-ins with, you know, other little, you know, little gangs. They weren't like, you know, the gangs that we hear about today, but they were little gangs not protecting turf, but basically doing things to survive and have money in our pockets and try to fit in. And I was getting into so much trouble that my brother said, hey, why don't you come and visit me? I was living in Montreal, Canada. He said, why don't you come and visit me in uh, Toronto, Canada, which was about 350 miles away. Mm. So I took the train, went to visit him. And he said, listen, I've arranged for a lunch with one of my clients. And my brother is a tennis pro. And he used to play on the pro circuit when he was in his early 20s and then started teaching tennis. And he had a client by the name of Alan Brown, who was a a very successful entrepreneur, real estate developer, had real estate offices. He was very into personal development and philanthropy and being a great dad and husband, et cetera. He was like a model human being when, when you met him. He was kind and, and in shape and mm-hmm. very, very, very wise. And at lunch uh, that my brother arranged, uh, Mr. Brown asked me, and again, I was 19 years old. This was in beginning of April 1980, which is going to be many years before a lot of the listeners were born, but the story <laughs> will still make sense. You know, I was 19, and he says to me, he says, well, what are some of your goals? And I said, my goals? I want to have a job that I can you know, make enough money to move out of my parents' home. I'd like to eventually buy a car for myself. I want to have enough money to I go out and party and have fun. He says, okay, well, that's all the basic stuff that, you know, any 19-year-old would want or 20-year-old or 30-year-old. He said, well, what Mm -hmm. are some of your bigger goals? (laughs) And I said, Mr. Brown, I don't have any bigger goals. And so he gave me this document, and it was a a 1980s goal-setting guide. Mm -hmm. And when I opened it up, it, it had... I don't know, probably about 10 pages. And it's okay, at what age do you want to retire? (laughs) And I'm like, what the F, right? Like, I'm 19. I'm just getting started. Forget about retire. He says, how much net worth do you want to have? What kind of home do you want to live in? What kind of car do you want to drive? What kind of charitable work do you want to do? What kind of clothes do you want to buy? What kind of fun and experiences do you want to have? And I was like, 
Mr. Brown, like, what am I supposed to do with this? This is all like pie in the sky dream stuff. He goes, that's right. He says, all goals start with a dream and imagination. He says, please fill it out. So hmm. I was, you know, <laughs> you know, getting a little beside myself. I said, fine, I'll fill it out. So I wrote down, I want to retire by the time I'm 45 with $3 million net worth. I want to live in a beautiful home. I want to have a private jet. I want to travel on yachts. I want to uh, do this for charity and for my parents. And I want to have Italian clothes and a Mercedes Benz and blah, 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 blah. I wrote out all these materialistic things and mm-hmm. I gave it to him. He says, um, oh, well, that's great. He says, these are all doable. Where'd you get these ideas? I said, well, I saw them on the TV show Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, which showed how rich people live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he says, well, great. He says, well, the good news is uh, I've achieved every one of these things. So, you know, I know how to do it. He says, but I'm going to ask you a question. And the answer to this one question will determine whether you will ever achieve any of this stuff. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking, yeah, sure, one question is going to answer whether I could do this or not. And I said, sure, go ahead. And so he says to me, he says, son, are you interested in achieving these things or are you committed to achieving them? And I sat there thinking for, I don't know, three, four seconds, interested or committed. And I had no idea what it meant. So I said to Mr. Brown, what's the difference? And he said to me, he said, son, he says, if you're interested, you'll do what's easy and convenient. If you're interested, you'll keep using your stories and excuses and the fact that you came from Israel and didn't speak the language and you fell behind and you weren't smart enough or good enough, mm. you know, as your crutch. He says, if you're interested, you'll keep reinforcing this story, this notion, these beliefs about why you can't. And you'll keep using your circumstances, your conditions, and your family, and your friends, and all that stuff as your reasons why you can't and won't. He says, but if you are committed, you will do whatever it takes to upgrade your knowledge, to upgrade your skills, to develop the beliefs and the habits and the discipline Mm -hmm. to become the type of man who can achieve every one of these very achievable goals. Hmm. So then he looked at me, piercing his eyes into mine and says, so son, are you interested or are you committed? And I felt yeah. like the hair standing up, you know, in the back of my neck. And, and I don't know what caused me to do this, Hala. I said, I said to him, Mr. Brown, I'm committed. <laughs> and he said to me, Great. And he reached out his hand and he says, in that case, I will be your mentor. Wow. And I'm like, yeah. I said, like, wow. And then I said, can I swear? Of course. Uh, What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) 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 Right? Because I was like, like nobody ever mentored me. Like, I didn't even know what the word meant at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he said to me, he said, son, that means that I will take you under my wing and I will show you how to do this. Not just tell you, I will show you. And so, you know, I shook his hand. I said, awesome. I said, what's next? He says, good. Well, you live in Montreal, which is 350 miles away from here. Mm -hmm. And I need you to move to Toronto where I live and where I work, where I have my companies. I go, move to Toronto. I don't know anybody in Toronto. I don't have a job in Toronto. I don't have money. I don't have a car. He says, there you go. Look how fast you're coming up with why you can't. 
I said, mm. well, I understand you're saying that, but I don't have any, I have like $60 in the bank. I'm making 65 cents an hour at the factory that I'm working in. I, I live with my parents. He says, I understand, but make the commitment first, then figure out how next. Yeah. I said, fine, fine, fine. I'll move to Toronto. And I was scared shitless. And my brother, who's sitting next to us, he says, okay, Johnny says, you can move in with me for a while until you get settled. I said, great, Mark. But uh, Mark, I don't have a job. I don't have any money. He says, well, listen, I can help you a little bit. Maybe dad can help you. Maybe our sister can help you. And so long story short, I said, okay, I'm moving to Toronto. And then Mr. Brown says, well, that's number one. He says, number two, on April the 20th, there's a real estate course at Humber mm-hmm. College that I want you to enroll in, and it's $500. I said, what? I, I can't go back to school. I hate school. I failed English. I failed math. I don't have $500. He goes, oh, there you go again. Look how fast you went to here's why you can't. I said, Mr. Brown, I understand, but I don't like school. I didn't do well in school. I'm not a really good learner. I'm not as smart as the other kids. And I only have $60 in my account. I can't pay for $500 for a course. And he says, well, like I said before, make the commitment first and the decision first, and then use your brain to figure out how you can. Mm. I said, uh, fine. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. And so my brother said, well, I can lend you 100 bucks, and maybe mom and dad can help you, and maybe your sister can help you. So long story short, Shalin, for everybody who's listening, is I made the commitment to move to a city I, I knew nobody except for my brother and this man. I made a commitment to go back to school, which I hated from nine to five, from April 20th, 1980 till June the 4th, 1980. I moved three weeks later. I went to school and then I got into real estate school. I passed the test. And Mm -hmm. Hala, the reason I can share this story with you and the dates so precisely is on June the 5th, 1980, I got my real estate certificate because I passed the test. And Mm -hmm. I passed the test without cheating, which is how I got out of high school. Mm. So it was the first time really in my adult life where I actually made a commitment to something. I followed through regardless of how hard it was mentally and emotionally and physically and financially. And I did something that raised my confidence level and my certainty level in myself and then I got into real estate, even though I knew nothing about business, about selling, about marketing, about doing anything to do with real estate and legalities and finance. Mm-hmm. And so I share that story, and thank you for asking, to share with people that the how to achieve anything comes after you make the commitment to the outcome. Yeah. It's a really great listen to everybody who's listening. Are you merely interested in the life you desire or are you actually committed to it? Because anything that you want to accomplish really requires focus and attention and action. So I love that lesson. Let's dig into this mentorship a little bit more. He not only was like a point in time mentor, this guy like took you under his wing for years. And to me, that seems like a really rare thing. How did you get him to like you so much where you were able to maintain that relationship where he was investing so much time in you, even though, you know, he had his own business, his own family, his own, his own life. You essentially got him to invest so much time in you. How do you think that happened? 
Well, first and foremost, I only worked under his mentorship for a year. Mm. Secondly, he didn't invest so much time in me. He created an infrastructure for me to follow. So let me explain. Mm. Uh, Once I got my real estate license, then I became a real estate agent for him with zero salary, not a nickel. Mm. And what he did, he says, okay, let me give you a framework for how you're going to make money in real estate and be self-sufficient. And so he put me on a very, very specific schedule. Every day when I came in, the goal document that I actually had written, he had me rewrite it out in more detail. So I had the goals. Then he had me write out, what would I need to believe in order to achieve those goals? Even though those beliefs weren't true right now, but somebody who was achieving those goals, what would I have to believe? I wrote those out. Then he said, what do you think you'd need to do every day if you want to earn, let's say, thirty dollars or $40,000 or $50,000 a year? And I really didn't know. So he helped me with, well, you'd have to make about 100 calls a day. You'd have to learn a script of what to say when you're making a phone call. You'd have to learn the objections. If somebody said no or yes, what would you say next? And so what he had me do was he created a framework for me to come into the office every day. And on my way into the office, he had me listen to my goals because he had me record them on an audio cassette back then. So I would Mm. put the cassette in my car and I'd listen to the goals that I wanted to achieve. I would listen to the beliefs that I needed to have. Every single day on the way to work, I would listen to them. Every single day while I was driving, I would listen to them. But he also gave me some cassettes to learn about selling and marketing and real estate. Mm. And so he had a library of personal development and real estate-specific information that he had me train on for two, three, four hours a day while I was driving, while I was at work. And every day when I came into work, I had to review my goals. I had to run my fingers across my goals. I had to repeat the affirmations. I had to close my eyes and see myself becoming the person capable of achieving those goals. Mm -hmm. So I used visualization and affirmations and mindfulness. He had me become aware of my negative self-talk. He had me become aware of the excuses that I may be using. So back then, this was really not understood by science, Mm -hmm. but astronauts did the same things. Navy SEALs later on started to use this. And What we've discovered since the company that I run now is called Neurogym, in the brain research we do is he didn't know this, but he was helping me develop the neural networks, the patterns in my brain that were required and needed in order for me to follow through with the behaviors. And so every day I was upgrading my knowledge, my skills, my beliefs, my vision of myself and replacing the old vision of not being smart enough or good enough or worthy enough with the wrong beliefs and disempowering ideas that I had about myself and what was possible because Mm -hmm. of my circumstances. Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now, and I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales. 
on LinkedIn. Because when it comes to B2B sales, LinkedIn has got that on lock. LinkedIn is where all the decision makers are hanging out. There are 180 million senior level decision makers on LinkedIn and 10 million C-suite decision makers. These people are on LinkedIn and they're in the mode to buy. They're using LinkedIn for their buying journey to research vendors or sales reps that they might work with, to look up how to solve their problems, to learn from industry thought leaders. They are in the mode to buy, whereas on other platforms, they're in the mode to be entertained. You want to get them in the right mindset. You want to cut through the noise with LinkedIn ads. In fact, 79% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as their top channel for paid media. And LinkedIn has the best targeting because they've got all these different inputs. People are putting their resume basically up on there. And so there's so many keywords that they can use to target the right decision makers so they can hear about how you solve their problems. And I've got a special gift for all you young and profiters who want to try LinkedIn ads. You can get $100 credit. LinkedIn was super generous. If you want to make B2B marketing everything it can be and get $100 credit on your next campaign, go to linkedin.com slash yap, Y-A-P. Again, if you want to claim your credit, go to linkedin.com slash yap. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. So let's dig into the science behind the law of attraction. We have something in common. We both learned about this when we were 19. The difference is I learned it with like movies like The Secret and reading books from Abraham and Esther Hicks. But you learned it and and didn't know exactly what you were learning. You didn't know. I think the law of attraction is a phrase that probably happened after you learned it. That's correct. And, And you've been studying this for a long time. So what's the exact science? Like, why is it true that our beliefs can actually become reality? Like, how does that actually happen? Because a lot of people think this is like pie in the sky type of stuff. Well, it is pie in the sky stuff when people don't understand the law of attraction. Now, a lot of people think that, you know, law of attraction is, you know, you think positively about something, you feel positively about something, and all of a sudden it materializes on your front door, you know, or, uh, you know, or in your bank account. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. Now, the law of attraction is more in tune with what Nikola Tesla uncovered around the law of resonance and frequencies. Mm -hmm. So if you think about, you know, a tuning fork, if you think about how does a tuning fork work, right? Or, or how is it that you can hit the A440 key on a piano and, you know, 10 feet away, the chandelier vibrates. How, How is that possible? And it's possible because of resonance. And so in the universe that we live in, we know that Every human being, every desk, every chair, every computer, every light is energy. And so energy that's on the same frequency is in resonance. Mm -hmm. And things that are in resonance, they don't attract as a magnet works. But things that are in resonance are the exact same thing that happens when you tune your radio to, let's say, 95.1. You're locked onto that station, not 95.0 and not 95.2. At 95.1, let's say there's rock and roll music. But Mm -hmm. just to the left of that at 95, it might be classical music. And just to the right of that at 95.2, there might be punk rock. So when you are locked and loaded with your mindset, your emotions, your gut, and your behavior, 
around a vision or a goal that you want, you are in resonance. And what happens when you are in resonance and you're locked and loaded is your brain deletes and distorts all the other frequencies or channels, just like a radio does. And then only the things that are in resonance with the station that you're on, the vision you're on, the goals that you're on, are what you see and what sees you. Does that make sense? It does. How would we begin to start to put the law of attraction into practice? Like if for somebody who's never done this before, what are some simple ways where we can start to change our daily lives so that we put this into practice? Love it. Well, you first have to start off with clarity of a vision. So if you, if you were an archer, what's the thing that you have to learn if you're an archer? Well, first you have to learn on how to focus on the bullseye. Right? Whatever it is that you're trying to hit, you have to learn how to block out everything else because all of your attention needs to go on the target. So first, you have to start off with what is the vision that you have? Like, what do you see? Is it clear or is it confusing? Is it organized or is it chaotic? So first, you start off with a vision for mm -hmm. the target. And that's step one. Step number two is what are some goals that you can have on your way to achieving the vision? That's two. Number three is what do you need to believe about yourself or about the vision that you want to achieve? Write that down. Mm. Number three, what emotions do you need to activate in order to be in a positive, constructive emotion, energy in motion, to help you achieve those goals and that vision. That's number three. Number four, what habits do you think would help you achieve the goals that you have? What habits? So what daily habits, weekly habits, maybe hourly habits would you need to have that would make those goals really be more probable instead of possible. Mm -hmm. Probable instead of possible, right? So that's part, you know, that's the, the first part of it. And then the question is this, and I want everybody to pay close attention to what I'm about to share with you. If you're thinking of any goal that you have, whether it's spiritual health and well-being, whether it's emotional, mental, physical, whether it's a business goal or career goal, whether it's any goal that we have in health, wealth, relationships, career, business, fun, or experiences, the how-to already exists, right? Mm. The how-to, how to do X or Y already exists. Unless you're trying to colonize Mars, most people who are listening right now don't really need to be innovative. Yeah. So all of the how-to, the strategies, the tactics, all, all of that exists already. So your lack of knowledge or skill is the least of your concerns right now because all of that already exists. You can read about it. You can buy a blueprint for it. You can get coached for it. You can watch a YouTube video. You can Google it. And you can get all the how-to. So let's take care of what has to happen before the how-to. So let's get our beliefs in line. Let's get our emotions in line. Let's get our habits in line. Mm -hmm. And that is really the precursor to all of it. When we can get the alignment, the coherence between all of it, 
That's when we activate the law of attraction. So the movie, The Secret, we talked about, you know, think, believe, and you'll achieve. No, 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 no. That's not true. All right. There's the law of Goya that I teach as well. The G-O-Y-A law. Yeah, we're very familiar. We had David Meltzer on the show. <laughs> Good, he's a student of mine. And he talks about that as yeah. well, yeah. David's a, a student and a friend. So the law of Goya is all about get off your ass, right? And you have to do the right things in the right order at the right time. And so there's a lot of people who are getting off their ass, but they're not doing the right things or in the right order or at the right time. And I always you know, like to give people a visual of a safe, So let's say you had a safe in front of you. Somebody gave you a safe uh, and there's $10 million in the safe or there's uh, the greatest recipe in the world for X in the safe that you can get access to. And they give you the combination. You know, the combination is the number 7, 13, 29, and 77. How's that? Mm -hmm. But they don't give you which order, okay, the numbers need to go in the safe. Well, you, you try 29. 77, 13, 7. No, it doesn't work. Okay, 7, 13, 29, 77. No, it doesn't work. You could be working really hard for really long hours. And unless you know what the proper way is to put the numbers in, the combination in the right sequence, you could be working really hard, but you're not going to open up the safe. So what I always like to suggest to people is all of the how-to already exists. Why not find out what is the how-to? Be innovative after you know the right sequence and the right things to do. And this is where knowledge and skill comes into play. Mm -hmm. In the absence of knowledge and skill, we have doubt. When we have doubt, we activate the stress and fear centers in our brain, which deactivates the motivational centers in our brain and deactivates the motor cortex in our brain. So we don't want to take action. So we Mm -hmm. procrastinate and do everything else that's easy versus doing the things that might be a little bit harder that's going to take us time to learn that we do not yet know. This episode is sponsored by Video Husky, a video editing subscription that provides you with unlimited video editing for a flat monthly fee. I use Video Husky to edit all my videos, including the one you're watching on YouTube right now. Your videos have a one to two day turnaround and you get your own dedicated video editor and project manager. This is so much more affordable than any other video service I've ever used in the past. And the video editors are so talented. They can do your thumbnails, animated transitions, transcriptions, and more. If you're looking for an affordable video editing service to take your marketing to the next level, head over to cart.videohusky.com slash youngandprofiting and get 30% off your first month. That's cart.videohusky.com slash youngandprofiting. I'll stick the link in our show notes. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would encourage everyone to rewind the last like 10 minutes and listen to everything (laughs) that he just said. He just gave you so many gems of how you can start to put your life on track and, you know, accomplish the things that you're really interested in doing. So I would definitely encourage you to listen to that over again. I got a chance to read your book, Inner Size, and I think this is a great segue into that book. I hope you enjoyed it. 
I did. It was really good. And I'd love to cover some of those things on the show. Sure. So let's first talk about the brain and what an extraordinary organ that is. So in your book, you say it's one of the most complex life forms on the planet. Can you help us understand why our brain is, quote unquote, three pound miracle? (laughs) Well, I think everybody that's listening right now can appreciate the genius that's within them. You know, 100 trillion cells working, uh, hopefully in harmony to keep you alive and to make sure your DNA doesn't unravel. But if you think about the miracle that our brain is, it's really an organism as opposed to an organ, right? So this organism is growing, um, Mm. new neural networks, it's learning, it's adapting, it's changing, and it's able to be our electromagnetic switching station that allows light in through our eyes. And uh, it's able to decode and decipher a spectrum of, of light to help us survive and live. And then, you know, through our physical senses, you know, our other four physical senses of hearing and smelling and tasting and touching to give us this ability to navigate this physical world that we live in. But then we have intuitive factors as well as it picks up the vibration of the field of energy that we're in. Uh, Not only that's near us, but the field that we are entangled in uh, so that we can actually think of somebody who might be halfway around the world and then all of a sudden they call us and we go, wow, that's a miracle. How did that happen? Well, that's called entanglement. We're all entangled from the beginning of time, which is a little bit more complex of a topic. But we have this brain that is processing 400 billion bits of information per second and is deleting and distorting most of it and only making us aware of what we absolutely need to be aware of. Mm -hmm. And so it's really this complex orchestra, you know, that that has a cheerleader within it and a fire chief within it and an Einstein part of it and a Frankenstein's monster part of it and a critical part of it and a thinking part and the imagination part. And it's this cacophony of incredible genius and wisdom that's been evolving for two and a half million years since Homo erectus first walked on earth with a highly instinctual and intuitive part, an emotional part to develop next, and then an intellectual Mm -hmm. part to develop above that. And so when we think about our brain, we can't take 10 or $100 billion and replicate it yet. Yeah. It's so it's so fascinating and and something that really stuck with me in your book is the fact that you mentioned that we all have the same brain. Right. You know, we're all lucky enough to have this amazing brain. Einstein, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, everybody has the same structure of their brain and the same 85 billion neurons in their brain. I think just being aware of that and realizing your power, your inner power is really important. Right. And and one of the keys, you know, to understand is this, right? There may be somebody listening saying, yeah, but my brain is different. And the truth is, no, it's not. But maybe your understanding of your brain and your skill in how to use it better may not be as good as it can be. Now, herein Mm -hmm. lies a choice. Do I want to learn how to use my mega super unbelievable biocomputer better? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. Great. Then what are the first steps? Well, 
first step, I think, is pick up my book, Inner Size, and it'll help you. But more than that is to set aside the notion, okay, that you can't. Because we all can learn. Because when we're saying, can I learn this? The answer is, well, your brain is the most powerful supercomputer in the world. So of course you can learn this. But as soon as you say, I can't, your biocomputer says, okay, let me make that real. Mm. Now, if you said in the past, I couldn't, but now I'm open to learning how, your brain says, oh, okay, then I'll help you. It's a simple binary decision, right? It's kind of like switches on, switches off. Mm -hmm. Now, we have to remember, we hold the key or we have the ability to turn the switch on or off, to get our brains to work for us or against us. Why not use the most powerful tool to help you be healthier and wealthier and happier and wealthier and, and more giving and, and, and all that stuff? Because it's all right here and available to us. Yeah, totally. Let's talk about evolutionary biology. This is a topic that we've talked a whole lot about on Young and Profiting Podcast, how our brains have evolved to keep us safe and efficient. We have instinctual and automated responses that keep us out of harm's way. And, you know, that's great for running from a lion or yep. swerving to avoid a car crash, but it could also lead to us running our lives on autopilot. And we end up being a collection of habits that we might not even be really consciously aware of. So can you give us an idea of the downfalls we run into with our brain on autopilot? Uh, sure. When we talk about this organism, it has a hierarchy of how it operates, right? So again, I want everybody to remember one thing is you have a brain. You are not your brain. In my view of the world, in my view of humanity, there's uh, an intelligence that's beyond the brain that can actually use the brain better. We can talk about that later. But if you just take a look at the brain and we think about the evolutionary process, there's one thing that the brain is focused on uh, every nanosecond of your life, and that is survival above all else. That's number one. So that's right up there with oxygen, survival. Mm -hmm. Number two is avoidance of pain or discomfort. So we do whatever we can to avoid any mental pain or discomfort, emotional pain or discomfort, physical pain or discomfort, spiritual pain or discomfort, financial pain or discomfort. And it is highly evolved, okay, to automatically move away from that. Third, it does all of this while trying to conserve the most amount of energy just in case something in number two happens that is serious. And so that's number three. And then number four, it seeks pleasure, right? And so it seeks, you know, to, to feel good pleasure. So the hierarchy of everything that our brain does follows that methodology. Now, why is that important for us to understand? And it's important for us to understand because it learns everything based on our experiences the emotions we've had around those experiences, whether they're real or imagined, whether we have uh, had those experiences ourselves or we see it in others. And mm. so when you have an idea, let's say it's an idea to you know, start your own business, to start your own podcast, to, to start doing something that may be something you're not doing right now. Initially, 
you get excited and the release of dopamine in your brain happens. If you share it with your friends, hey, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. I'm going to start this. I'm going to go here. I'm going to do that. Uh, You get excited. Uh, They get excited. You release the neurochemicals of whether it's, you know, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, all the feel-good neurochemicals, and you're excited. But right in the very, very next second or day or two or three days, your brain says, hey, but what if you fail? Uh, Your brain says, well, if you fail, you're going to be embarrassed, or you're going to be ashamed, or you're going to be ridiculed, or you're going to be judged, or you're going to lose money. And guess what? Money for us is food and survival and an ability you know, to take care of ourselves and do things. And so your brain then says, hold on, hold on a second. Let's alert, okay, and create the stress response. And let's put the brakes on and let's procrastinate a little bit just in case. Mm-hmm. So there are these biological factors that most people are unaware of because it's happening in billions of seconds. Mm-hmm. And so you have this goal in your dream, uh, but you really don't ever take consistent inspired action towards it. You take, you know, one or two or three steps and then you stop. Uh, You you start and stop, start and stop, procrastinate. You come up with all the reasons why you can't. You start to rationalize, which means you start telling yourself rational lies. They seem rational logical as to why you're stopping. But Mm. this is the brain's protective mechanism just in case there's any real or imagined danger that's going to affect your comfort zone or your survival. Mm -hmm. And so from an evolutionary perspective, your brain is doing exactly what it should be doing. It's in a protective modality all the time. And so what we have to learn how to do is to become aware of our feelings, our thoughts, our emotions, our behaviors which drive our results or the lack of behaviors which are causing our results. Now, in this aware state, we say that awareness is what gives you choice and choice is what gives you the freedom. Mm -hmm. So in a very low-level operating brain, Okay, we're in a consistent reactive state for comfort and survival. But in a more hyper-aware state, a little bit more advanced of that, we can now become aware. And in that awareness, we can override the automatic trigger and move into action and Hmm. be in, in a safe modality and learn how to manage risk and we become better equipped to manage our emotions. Young and profiters, Yap Media is growing so fast. I have 10 open roles just this month. In the past, it would take me so long to find hires. I have to go on all these different job sites. I have to create my own skills assessments. That's why I let Indeed do a lot of this heavy lifting for me. Indeed is the powerful hiring platform where I can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed has things like skills assessments, where when we have specific roles, we can find an assessment that matches that role and we can make sure they have the skills that we need. Then I can focus on culture fit. I can make sure they're scrappy enough and are obsessed with excellence and do all the things that we need to do for them to fit in at YAP. And Indeed streamlines hiring with powerful tools like Instant Match. An Instant Match basically matches you with candidates as soon as you put up a job post with people who are qualified 
right away. It's instant. And the best part is it gets better as you use it. So now when I use Indeed, especially when I'm hiring for similar roles, I get people right away where they know that I'm going to like the candidates because they can see what my preferences were in the past. It gets better as you use it. According to US Indeed data, the moment Indeed sponsors a job, over 80% of employers get candidates whose resumes are a perfect match for the position. It's like waving a magic wand that gets better as you use it. So I love using Indeed. We've found a lot of our A players on there. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide who count on Indeed to hire their next superstar like we do at Yap Media. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash profiting. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 sponsored job credit at indeed.com slash profiting. Again, that's indeed.com slash profiting and support the show by saying you heard about it on Young and Profiting Podcast. Again, it's indeed.com slash profiting to get your $75 credit. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important so people really understand this to get a sense of the difference between our conscious and subconscious brains and really what happens when they become unaligned. And to also understand that most of what happens in our brain happens at the subconscious level, like 95 to 95% of brain activity actually happens at the subconscious level. Uh, That is correct. So, you know, if we were to take a look at what does our brain do and how does it work? Well, our conscious brain, as you mentioned, is uh, responsible for imagination. It's responsible for choosing this or that. It's responsible to give things meanings. It's responsible for us being able to tell ourselves we're tired, let's go to sleep, etc. But our subconscious brain is keeping your DNA intact right now. It's digesting your food. It's allowing you to see and delete or distort anything you don't need, but only pay attention to what you do need. It is the power grid, the power center of you and me. And yet most people don't know how to operate it. Mm -hmm. And like I said, we have a brain, but we haven't been given the user's manual for it. And I've been studying this for over 40 years now. And what is the user's manual so I can use the conscious part of my brain properly and the subconscious part of my brain properly. And once you start to realize that you have a lot more control than you ever had because you're not your brain. This is the most you know, uh, incredible thing to think about is I have a brain, but I'm not my brain. It's like mm-hmm. you have a heart, but you're not your heart. You have hands, but you're not your hands you can start to use the tools better. And so our subconscious brain doesn't know the difference between something real or imagined. Your conscious brain does, but your subconscious brain doesn't. So if you can impress a new belief into your subconscious mind, if you can impress a vision into your subconscious mind, whether it's a vision of you being you know, healthier, you being in a great relationship, you earning more money, you having the job of your dreams, if you can envision it and impress that into the subconscious mind, not one time, mm-hmm. but hundreds of times, then you can start to create that neural network and pattern And then your subconscious mind then goes to work at making that a reality. And something that I like to use as a visual so people understand this even better is imagine if we're sitting in a movie theater and we're watching a movie and there's some, you know, some things happening on the screen that we don't like. Does it make sense 
for us to get up, go to the screen, and spray paint the screen to eliminate what we don't like. Of course not. It would make sense if we don't like what's on the screen to go back up to the projection room to get the, whether the DVD or whatever the movie is playing through and change the script on the DVD so that the projection would be different. Mm. That's exactly how our brains work. We don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are conditioned to see the world. We're projecting Mm. our beliefs and our experiences and our values onto the canvas and screen of the world. And it's a, it's a very odd shift that people have to make to understand reality that way. Yeah. And so we achieve the results that we are conditioned and wired to achieve, not what we're capable of achieving. Mm-hmm. So we don't earn what we are capable of achieving. We earn what we are conditioned to earn. No, that's brilliant. I just wanted to to go back to your Alan Brown story where he made you repeat the same things every day, repeat your goals every day. It kind of relates to this in a way where you're forcing your brain to think that, 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 that that's true, that's reality, because you're conditioning it and repeating yourself. And that's why affirmations work, right? Correct. You know, affirmations work because, you know, an affirmation is nothing more than letters that form words, that form sentences. And when you and I and everybody who's listening were born, we didn't have one belief about ourselves or what was possible. We didn't have one idea of what we could achieve in our lifetime or not in any area of our life. We came as a clean, blank slate. And then we developed, you know, our beliefs around what our parents or grandparents or teachers or or siblings believed. Mm -hmm. And guess what? If those beliefs were empowering, constructive, unlimited beliefs, awesome. You don't have a challenge. But if you grew up or developed these disempowering, limiting beliefs, you will not achieve more than your beliefs will allow you to. Yeah. So we love practicals and how-tos on Young and Profiting Podcast. Are there any inner sizes that can help us bring our conscious and subconscious brains into alignment and agreement? Absolutely. One of the the best tools and one of the things that uh, all of my students do, we have uh, something called an exceptional life blueprint. And so taking them back to what Alan Brown did with me, you know, 40 plus years ago, we have all of our students create their exceptional life blueprint. And so what does that mean? It means that they create the vision for their life by writing out a story. And the story simply starts off like this. I'm so happy and grateful for the fact that. And you write a story in present tense of, uh, you know, the kind of life that you're living where you're living, how much fun you're having, how you feel, who you're engaged with, what a a difference you're making in the world, how much you're earning, um, uh, what kind of clothes you wear, what kind of car you drive, what kind of charities you help. You write a life story. Mm. And then every day you sit after you've written it on your computer or you print it like I have both and you record it onto your smart device, whether it's your computer, your iPad, your iPhone, you sit and you read it as you put your right fingers across it and then your left fingers across it. And then you close your eyes and as you listen to it, you feel it. 
You see it. You imagine it. Now, mm. some people listening might, might think, well, that's stupid. That's crazy. But let me, let me give you another visual. I want you all to imagine that you're sitting at your favorite tea shop, coffee shop, restaurant, whatever, with a friend talking. And out of the corner of your eye, you see Steven Spielberg and, you know, Tom Hanks having a discussion, whoever you like, whatever your favorite Hollywood actor or actress is. And they're talking and then they look over at you. And then whoever that person is from Hollywood comes up and says, hey, we were just talking about this new movie script that we want to film in about a year. And we just saw you and you look perfect for the role. Would you consider coming to Hollywood and we will equip you with the best actor coach in the world? A few of them, as a matter of fact. We will help you learn everything you need to know about the script, if you like it, and about what you need to do to play this role. And if you say yes, we'll pay you $10 million. Now, how many of you would get excited even though you have no acting abilities, you don't have the beliefs that you're good, you might even have fears that you might screw it up, but if they put a team around you and said, we will teach you everything you need to do to learn this script, how many of you would say, well, I'd I'd be open to that? Everyone. Yeah, so let's say you said, yeah, that would be awesome. What would be the process of taking a piece of paper that somebody else wrote, not even you, what would be the process to learn the script. Would you read it like one time and go, okay, I got it, let's film? No, you'd read it hundreds of times. You'd practice with other people. You'd look in the camera and you'd you'd practice on camera. And if you did that enough times, you'd eventually know the script by heart. You'd eventually feel comfortable in front of the camera. You'd eventually be able to film. And if you practiced you know, for 30 days, 60 days, 180 days, a year, a whole year, would you be much more comfortable in a year practicing a little bit each day where you know this script? It's within you. You know Mm. when to raise your voice or lower it. You know when to get freaking angry right now, okay, or be (laughs) so freaking (laughs) happy. This is unbelievable. Or you go, oh my God, Hala, this is awful. I can't take this (laughs) You'd be able to on command and on demand do that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, let me share something with all of you listeners. When the script in your head, the new one, is greater than your current script with all of the beliefs and all of the habits that you have, when the new script is greater than the old one, that's when your life will change. And that's when you'll start to achieve the life of the new script. That's amazing. And just to play devil's advocate, what are the proof points behind this actually working? Well, when you develop the beliefs around the goals that you want to achieve, uh, the beliefs set up the lens by which your brain sees the world and you in it. When you develop the beliefs around this and the skills and the knowledge you activate the motor cortex of your brain, the imagination center of your brain, the deductive reasoning center of your brain. You activate all of the needed components from a neurological perspective to match the belief. And so let's take this back one step and say, why do 85, 90% of all lottery winners lose all the money after they win it within three years? 
Why do homeless people who are put in a really nice environment leave the environment or ruin it? Hmm. And the answer is because your outer world, the world of results, will never exceed your internal map of reality. Mm-hmm. And so our outer world is a direct reflection of our inner world. Yeah. And so what we have to understand is there's uh, quantum physics laws at play, quantum mechanics laws at play, in addition to the physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, etc. And so when we start to upgrade our coherence factor, if it's true that everything that you and I ever want is already here, then is it possible that we can take our brain and tune it into the station of our vision and our goals, whether they're, you know, like I said, physical, emotional, mental, financial, mm-hmm. spiritual? Is it possible that it's all here? And the answer is, of course, it's all here. We're just uncovering layers upon layers and layers of the frequency, energy, and intelligence that's already within us and all around us because we are in this quantum field of energy. Yeah. Let's stick on that for a second. I know we're running against time, but you mentioned previously that we have a presence beyond our brain. What did you mean by that? Well, a lot of people talk about spirituality. Now, I don't partake in religion. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was born Jewish, but I I like the culture, but I don't believe in organized religion the way most people do. So when I think of the spiritual intelligence that's within us, and I think about, can I become aware of my thoughts? Mm. Of course I can. Can I become aware of my emotions? Well, of course I can. Can I, in a meditative state, and maybe, you know, different states, whether it's using psychedelics or, you know, whatever other means there are, whether it's chanting or holotropic breathing, can I, in one form or another, realize that I I am not my body, I am not my organs, I am not my cells, I'm, I'm not that stuff, but all that stuff is a part of me? And the answer is yes. And so my belief is that the universe that we live in is highly, highly, highly intelligent. You can't even come up with words of how intelligent it is. But if you took a glass of water from the ocean and you moved it 2,000 miles inland, you'd still have some of the ocean water. So whatever it is that created you and me and the uh, nine planets and allow them to spin at dizzying speeds in an elliptical fashion around the sun as the universe, the the Milky Way galaxy, excuse me, is moving at one and a half million miles per hour. We're not just flying off of Earth. That intelligence not only created us, but it's within us. That's the spiritual intelligence that's already within every one of my cells, you know, that started to coalesce billions of years ago from the furnace of a star. So Mm. is it possible that I can tap into that intelligence? And the answer is, of course, it's possible. And one of the best ways to tap into it is through a meditative practice where you can start to realize, wow, I can get into this calm, 
relaxed state where I could be hyper aware and with practice, I could actually disappear, meaning the physical body basically disappears and I become one with everything that created me. Now, for some people, they might think I'm smoking crack, but others go, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, but I, I challenge the people who don't believe what I'm saying to do your research, educate mm. yourself, find out a little bit more about this idea that I just shared and do your research. Do a little bit of self-discovery where you can transcend your thoughts, emotions, feelings, sensations, behaviors. And in that quiet, calm state, your heightened state of awareness will help you realize, I am more than I think I am. We are really, really, really all connected. And mm -hmm. I can tap into this universal intelligence at will through a variety of different practices that I may not be practicing right now. Hmm. Herein lies how to use your brain better, right? Because if it's true that it is the most powerful organism in the known universe, and if it's true that all of our brains work the same, then it's also true that the best operators of their brains will achieve the greatest success in every area of their lives. Amazing. Honestly, this was such a great conversation. One of the my most favorite conversations I've had all year. So thank you so much. The question I ask all my listeners before they leave is, what is your secret to profiting in life? Oh, me? What's my secret to profiting in life? Yes, it, it can be professional, financially, but profiting in a broad sense. The stage that I'm at in my life is how much can I give to others so that they could be happier, healthier, wealthier, more comfortable with who they are, more loving, caring, kind, more in touch with what it really means to say that we are really all one. I know it sounds, you know, either metaphysical or like a cliche, but I know that to be true at the deepest sense of every one of my hundred trillion cells. And so I want to give as much as I can before I die of my knowledge, my money, my lessons, my, my failures, uh, everything, so that I can somehow, in some way, make somebody's life a little bit better to live. That's awesome. And where can our listeners go to learn more about you and everything that you do? Uh, thank you, Hala. Um, I'm on Instagram every day. I post quotes and ideas and thoughts and videos there. Uh, and it's at John Asraf. Every Tuesday, I do a uh, Facebook Live. And I'm starting to do Instagram Live as well at 9 o'clock Pacific time, 12 o'clock New York time. Mm, cool. uh, my company uh, is called Neurogym. But our website is myneurogym.com, myneurogym.com. And uh, we post a lot of blogs and a lot of videos. We have a lot of uh, brain training and success events for free. And we have a lot of brain training programs. Uh, but if you go to myneurogym.com to take a look at what I'm doing from a business perspective, and then at John Asraf on uh, Twitter and my Facebook fan page for those on uh, Facebook, that's great. And by, I also have a YouTube channel. So I'm all over social media. <laughs> 
You can't miss them. It's John Astaraf. I'm going to stick all the links in my Thank show you. notes so you guys have them. And I'll be posting a lot of his content on my LinkedIn page so you guys can learn more. John, again, this was an awesome conversation. You, I haven't enjoyed a conversation like this in a, in a while. And I have so many more questions. Hopefully, we can have you back on for part two. Well, we'll do um, it again. Yeah. And by sure. the way, thank you so much for preparing so much. One of the reasons I wanted to go above and beyond for you is because you were so well prepared in doing your research. Uh, and so I, I'm not surprised that you've got a, a killer, amazing top podcast because the leader is amazing. So congratulations to you. Oh, thanks, John. Thanks for listening to Young and Profiting Podcast. Follow Yap on Instagram at Young and Profiting and check us out at youngandprofiting.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to write us a review or comment on your favorite platform. Reviews are the number one way to thank us, especially if you write a review on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to share this podcast with your friends and family on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Yap with Hala or LinkedIn. Just search for my name, Hala Taha. Thanks again to Video Husky, the sponsors of our show. If you're looking for affordable video editing for a flat monthly fee, head over to cart.videohusky.com slash youngandprofiting for 30% off your first month. Big thanks to the Yap team as always. This is Hala signing off.